Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is May 28th, 2019, and it's Tuesday, and our president is on his way to D.C. now from Alaska after landing there to refuel, returning from his amazing trip uh, to Japan. Uh, There's a lot that we can touch base on, and I thought uh, a great way for us to see what they want us to know and on more censored platforms and more uncensored platforms is something that I should be doing on a daily basis. So in regards to uh, U.S. news, the headlines that are uh, being provided are the fact that the Supreme Court left intact um, block on Indiana abortion restriction, but allows for fetal burial to go into effect, meaning that now it's mandatory that they either bury or cremate fetal remains. Uh, so that is something interesting. Uh, so that is what's being put forward by the mainstream media for us to discuss. Another one is that the tornadoes uh, that are hitting and uh, the Midwest uh, relentlessly. Uh, Knife-yielding man kills two and injures 17 in a Japan mass stabbing. Stabbing attack in Japan leaves 13 children injured. Interesting. And Mueller, remember, Michael Wolf had said in his book that... Mueller had drawn up obstruction indictments, an unobstruction indictment against Trump. And Mueller's office said that is false. So that's one of many falsehoods that Michael Wolf had put in his book. Now, I've said it before. Books are the way they rewrite history, but it's not the only way. So today I wanted us to talk about the way they're redefining words and redefining notions. And it was kind of an aha moment when I was looking at the political scene in Europe. So that way I can deliver that to you tomorrow because the dust is still settling there. Um, But one other uh, headline that the mainstream media uh, is also pushing is that Merkel decides that her chosen successor is not up to the job. And this is according to the filters that they put in uh, to ensure that you get what they want you to know. Uh, In other news from other sites that have less, uh, I would say, hindrance. So what I told you the headlines were are across the board. What Yahoo is purporting is news. Google is purporting is news as well. Whereas at DuckDuckGo, it's more artsy-fartsy. We've got the uh, Tintoretto 
um, the Venetian artist Happiest 500th, uh, about the movie Aladdin. Actually, I want to go see it. Um, that broke um, box offices. We have Mon Lafarde uh, claiming that she's going to be having a tour in the U.S. And then in there, here's where we have the real news. So those are the top ones, and here's the next one. The Nexium trial. The seven most shocking details to emerge from the sick New York sex cult. And that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Missouri is set to become the first state since Roe versus Wade with no abortion clinic. And then um, it's talking about the U.S. Open, sleep apnea, health stuff, and how Acer Concept D7 laptop, it actually looks really good. And how the And finally, the Intel, the new chip, uh, for next-gen processors, which is called Ice Lake, is now being um, shipped out. So apparently the graphics performance and connectivity are going to be great. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how that pans out because I know that AMD is also challenging that space. I'm kind of a techie nerd. Uh, so those are pretty much the headlines that they're telling us. Now we'll just take a look at what our president has said this morning and then we'll delve into this uh, definition or notion changes uh, that we are seeing, seeing across the globe, right? So it's not just here. And for me, it was a huge aha moment because the only way that they can shape ideologies and thought is by using words that you already know uh, the definition of and altering them by action, uh, kind of like, you know, how people are like, whoa, that's sick. Sick usually means you want to throw up, you're ill. You know, that's another word. Oh, that's so ill. You know, that's redefining the word. In this sense, it means cool, but in actual fact, the definition itself um, has been redefined from its natural state, right? So I'm going to show you how they're shaping our politics with that. Uh, so the president... Um, ever since leaving Japan, has pretty much talked about Biden. Now, he's uh, sending his well wishes to Bibi uh, to be able to get together with the coalition of, of um, uh, the coalition formation that Bibi is putting together uh, that, because they have a lot more work to do. So he's inferring that continuity is key. Uh, he says anyone associated with 1994 crime bill will have uh, will not have a chance of being elected. In particular, African Americans will not be able to vote for you. I, on the other hand, was responsible for criminal justice reform, which had tremendous support and helped fix the 1994 bill. Super predator was the term used with the 1994 crime bill that sleepy Joe Biden was so heavily involved in passing. That was a dark period in American history, but has sleepy Joe apologized? No. Now, I have spoken about this super predator in the crime bill of 1994 because what I've made known to you months and months ago is that Attorney General William Barr was the one that formulated and restructured the correctional um, market or industry, I would say, to privatize it, which is why the crime bill and the super predator went, it, went into effect after he did that as AG for Bush. So 
basically what he did was he privatized the prisons and then Clinton and the Democrats literally filled them up with their super predator statements. So I've told you guys many, many times before that William Barr is part of the old guard. Remember, he created the foundations to arrest, to have these mass arrests and somewhere to go for profit. He privatized prisons. He created that. It is important for people to understand that. Regardless of him being tasked to assist the president now and the fact that we're seeing him do things now, we haven't seen anything yet. Let's be fair. Okay, we've seen a lot of talk and some substance, but not what is necessary right now. So keep in mind that William Barr was the one that created the foundations for the 1994 crime bill. I'm reinforcing that. Now, on that note, we should take a listen to William Barr and uh, not William Barr, to Joe Biden and what he had to say uh, in 1993 when he was talking about the predators on our street. And remember, these predators on the streets were created from the cocaine deals of the 80s. Remember Mina, okay? Remember Noriega? What they did is the Clintons, the Bushes, and Justice Roberts side, you know... All of them were working with Noriega. Remember, William Barr was chilling with Noriega and having drinks with him, you know, in Costa Rica, talking about, hey, we're missing $100 million of drug money. What's going on? We need to figure it out. And in the end, Barry Seal was named, uh, you know, conspirator of stealing this money because he was the CIA guy who was flying the planes with the drugs to Arkansas because they determined that the money was missing at the Arkansas drops. Of course, the Clintons, that's where money always goes missing and White House China and integrity and people and even more money and uranium. We could go on and on and on. Haitian children, name it. So this is how they brought drugs massive amount of drugs creating these low-level criminals. Take a listen to Joe Biden in his own words. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct for love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple, pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will or a portion of them will become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. 
They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. Oh dear. So they created prisons, right? And now they seek to fill them because, you know, you need to fill the prison to make money. And, you know, that's exactly how they've all become filthy rich. Now, here is uh, Biden again, but now we're going to go further back in time. This is 1988, where he um, applauds John Stennis. You know who John Stennis is, right? He's the guy that wanted to execute three black Americans whose murder confessions had been taken out of them literally by torture. He opposed the voting, the voting rights act and multiple civil rights acts. Okay. He was like the one that wanted slaves and he was a big supporter of racial segregation. Something that we're seeing a lot of, I mean, this morning I saw an interview um, with uh, Swalwell and Vice that just made me hurl. They, they're, they're using the color of your skin to determine if you're the right person for office. But anyway, let's listen to Joe Biden talk lovey-dovey about Stennis. And to think that I would be one day on the floor of the United States Senate being paid such accolades by such a man of character and courage as John Stennis was beyond any expectation that I ever had in my wildest dreams. And I mean that sincerely. Wow. So that's his role model. That's what he's telling us. But, you know, I think the best way put was a flashback that uh, Hannity did uh, on Biden. Now, I want it about segregation uh, in 1975, how he embraced racial segregation. Now, I wanted to make note that Biden was running for office. You know, he was stymied because he apparently, you know, fluffed up his uh, educational records, making himself sound like he was top of the class when he was actually at the bottom. And they ridiculed him for him, but he still, you know, managed to get in there. You know, those darn insurance policies. Take a listen to how Hannity broke this down. Now, that very same Biden told the local newspaper, quote, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father, grandfather. I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. That's on reparations. Uh, He is someone that actually promoted and embraced racial segregation because racial segregation was something that the Democrats stood for. And here's where we get into definitions. So I was looking at the EU scope on all the countries, and I've been kind of analyzing it country by country for these EU elections. And I noticed something weird. I was looking at my timeline on Facebook, you know, my feed from my friends and family in Europe. Some of them are in Sweden, majority are in Greece. I've got some in Italy, Spain, and obviously the United Kingdom. So when I was going through the Greek feed, most of um, my friends were saying, well, you know, um, this is dumb, you know, we're all moving, um, you know, to the right and this is like dumb. And, you know, we have, um, Syriza, which, uh, 
an old friend of mine is the prime minister now of Greece, Alexis uh, Tsipras. He is running that party. And I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. He was a commie. So aren't commies far right? So I kind of looked into it a little bit. And I saw that even the communist party is identified as a leftist party. And the party now... um, of Greece is considered a leftist party. So they're liberals, they're leftists, but the things that people are talking about online are identifying the party of the right new democracy as liberal. So the, the right is liberal and then the left is socialist. So where is the conservative if you know, super conservatism, right? People are identifying with, you know, with um, social, with, um, shoot, with the right, right? So they're saying that communists are conservatives. Well, then if they were conservatives, then why are they and have always been to the far left? It was so confusing. So I started to look into um, the German parties, the Spanish the Italian, and I noticed the same thing. The conservatives are now found in this limbo area where they're not hard right because now hard right is supposedly Nazism, fascism, and, you know, totalitarianism. And they're not left because those that purport themselves as democracies or considered left parties. And all the parties of communism in Europe are identified as far left. So I'm confused as to why they're being reported as far right. It's so incredible. Communism, socialism, and liberals, you know, libtard type liberals, are all hard left. They're all in the same basket by definition. And I'm like, okay, something is wrong here. They have skewed the notion of where political affiliation comes in and where it focuses. They're trying to make the party that represents right now, the Democrats right now, represents in the United States socialism, which is left. We're identifying it correct. Left. But democracy in general, democratic republics, were always considered center. Always center. And then they have right wing, which they're throwing in communism, fascism, Nazism. But then at the same time, if you look at their historical records, the communist parties, because they actually have communist parties running in Europe, like communism actually has a party. In Greece, it's Kukwe. In... um, in Italy, it's Afin. There, there's so many of them. So they actually have communist parties. And I looked at their creation, like in the early 1900s. And ever since then, they've always been identified as far left parties. So I'm like, well, hold on a second. How can communism be on both sides? So over the past hundred years, they've redefined what actual Nazism is. Nazism is considered communism and communism is considered conservative. 
It's, it's so weird and so baffled that I'm still trying to make sense of it. But now I realize that it's happened within our country and that is what I wanted to elaborate. So we have the left, which we call the left and they're so far left. They identify with socialism and now they're actually purporting notions of communism. And so they're aligning with the correct definition of leftism. But then they're also adding on that conservative or Republican parties are far right. Now, far right would encapsulate fascism, Nazism, nationalism, which in fact are all parties that have been established in the past as being far left parties. So that leaves Republicans to not really have a home as far as the mainstream media is concerned. That's what I'm trying to put out. They've disenfranchised what uh, a conservative republic is. They've muddled everything so it's, it feels like it's just a circle. There's no spectrum. It's just they're all together and conservative republicans have been removed from that. Because when they say, well, you're a Nazi, you're racist, you're this, you're a fascist. And it's like, but all of that falls into the left because the fascist party was considered left. Everything is left. So it's just the degree of left. So if you have nationalism and not in the good way, uh, which would be identified as fascism, and then you have your Nazism, so it's Nazi fascism, nationalism, the Democrats as we know it today, democratic socialist, socialists, and communists. Those are all on the left of the spectrum. So what I'm trying to say is that they've actually redefined our political landscape globally in a very subtle way to disenfranchise conservative Republicans so we actually don't know where we fit. You know, we say, you know, I'm center right, I'm center this. And remember, the president of the United States actually said, I'm a centrist because there is no center right now. All the parties, aside from conservatives, have moved to one side. There is no two sides anymore. That is what I'm trying to say because they've literally removed the Republican and you would say right-leaning. Right-leaning means that I lean to the right of whatever the left is. But our Republican Party isn't leaning anywhere. It's supposed to be in the middle because it's supposed to take from both ends to create a balance. And that is what a conservative is. But they've disenfranchised to stick us to the far right. Think of it like a balance beam or a seesaw. All of the uh, types of regimes that we see pushing, communism, socialism, totalitarianism, democratic socialists of America, Democrats, fascists, because Antifa are in fact fascists, because they are discriminating based on, you know, whatever. Um, Nazism, it doesn't mean that you're against Jews or that you're against you know, um, white, uh, you know, colored people or whatever. It just means you're against someone because of a race that actually falls in the bucket of the left. Because think about it. Who is making discriminations based on race? It's people from the left. 
Who is saying that they're fighting for minority rights? This is what fascists do. The left. So everything is teeter-tottered. All parties are on the left, and they're trying to put, you know, the elephant, the Republicans, on the right. But because they're singled out and alone, they can't sit on the right. They are literally in the middle. So they are giving the illusion that there is a wide range of political discourse when there really isn't. It's all to the left. So the president, when he made that statement months ago, saying at CPAC, where he said, you know, I'm, I'm a conservative, I'm a centrist, I'm a conservative, means that he's sitting in the middle of that seesaw because there's no seat on the right. There's no balance in politics. And this is global, guys. Because as I was sitting there thinking about it, I was like, gosh, they've, you know how people are saying there was a flip from the Democrats to the Republicans because the Republicans used to fight for rights, for black Americans, for women, and the Democrats didn't. But then they suddenly apparently flipped. They never flipped. There was no flip. I mean, we're realizing that now, that there was no flip. But the bottom line here is, is that there has been a shift and the shift is that everywhere across the globe, it's left. It is left. And they have disenfranchised where any opposing views to the left or conservative views to the left can actually sit. Because think of it, if you're on a seesaw and you have 10 people on one side, how do you sit? You're sitting at the top and the only way you can you know, balance is by sliding down. You're going to slide down and join them. So... I wanted to point that out as we get into our conversations today because it's important to understand that they have disenfranchised the Republicans for the reason of bringing them to them like a seesaw. Picture it. You're at the top. You're going to slide down. I'll see you all in just a bit after the short break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800-961-9194, promo code REDSTATE. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back to the Tori Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, I'm always here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, live on your terrestrial airwaves and digital ones. So in the first half hour, I was explaining to you how I noticed a trend of changing ideologies in regards to politics. And what I realized is digging up old um, writings from the 1800s, 1700s, 1500s, philosophers, you name it, I realized that the right... So the the term right in politics refers to policies that promote some idea of maintenance of a nation. So basically it would embrace the defense of all religions and national traditions because it's what makes that society or that sovereign nation, you know, itself, it's its identity. And thus it's indispensable for transformation, uh, lasting progress, and also standing the test of time. I mean, if you don't uphold traditions, you don't uphold your culture, then you don't stand the test of time. You become vanilla. It's kind of like when you mix paint, right? If you take blue and you add a little bit of green, you know, you mix it, then you add a little bit of yellow, then you mix it. In the end, if you don't keep your color to be brighter, it's all going to look muddy, right? It's like colors mixing. So the idea of conservatism is to maintain a sovereign nation's identity and promoting progress, but still maintaining that identity. It's kind of like what the insane communistic China is doing. So China, though, has done it to the form of obviously communism. So they, they rule over their people with communistic policies in the name of culture. Okay. On the other hand, what we should be doing is having our culture, being proud of our culture, being proud of our heritage and growing and fostering that. Like for example, today, if you go to France, it doesn't look like France anymore. 
You don't go to France anymore to see the city of lights. What you'll see is a bunch of people sleeping on the street. What you'll hear is the, you know, the mosque doing the morning prayer call. That's not France. When you go to Greece, not Greece anymore. When you go to Italy, not Italy anymore. You don't go to the Spanish steps so someone can whistle at you. The Spanish steps, you'll probably get mugged by some, you know, migrant or raped by some guy who thinks he can have you because you're simply a woman. This is reality. Every single nation that has embraced this leftist agenda is no longer there because they've released themselves of their conservative values. The values that are the foundations of their nation, kind of like, like ours. I was shocked to see that in New York City, they have a hijab picture on the Statue of Liberty wearing a hijab. That is insane. This nation was built on Judeo-Christian values. This is how it was built. They fled Europe, and they founded it with Christian, Judeo-Christian values, not Muslim values, Judeo-Christian values. That is the foundation. And now what they try to do is remove, you know, this national tradition, you would say, of foundations and uh, of religion to be able to transform with no control. So Basically, the way it was defined by philosophers is that it refers mainly to perceptions and positions um, that can be conservative, right? So preservation of historical and national heritage, that's being conservative. But what do we see the left doing? They're tearing it down. Um, depending on you know what we're looking at, um, people of the right are considered to be... Uh, promoters of globalized capitalism, meaning to promote the free market, promote competition. That sounds all healthy, right? Uh, it sounds super healthy. That is the defined definition. But what happens is, is that, um, they start calling people in the United States that support president Trump extreme right. And it doesn't make sense because there is no extreme right. I, I, I said, visual, visualize a seesaw. You've got all the parties or all the uh, political ideologies you can think of that kind of circle back to each other. Sitting on the left, communism is there, fascism there, Nazism is there, totalitarianism is there, the Democratic Party is there. So if all those are sitting on one side of the seesaw and then you put right wing at the other side, what's going to happen? The right wing is going to slip into what? Boom, the left. There is no seat for right wing. There is no seat for it at all, at all whatsoever. So there is, there's none. What people need to understand is that we need moderate policies across the board. We need to have a balance. Now, usually this was this illusion that there were two parties and they were on a seesaw and they were all kind of equally distributed to provide this illusion of balance. It never was there. Like when I was looking at it, I was thinking, oh, geez, I just figured it out. This is why it makes no sense. It's like one's feeding into the other. And this is why all conservatives feel disenfranchised. We don't trust the Republicans because the Republicans are those people that supposedly sat on the other side of the seesaw, and they've done what? Slid down to sit right on the other side. That's the way it is. Because there was no moderation. 
None. So they just all get lost. So they've just literally been disenfranchised. The classical right uh, wing, you would say, always advocates these days for moderate liberal policies in the economy, correct? And with careful intervention by the government to help, you know, market indicators, you know, regulate the economy, control inflation. But its ultimate goal is to support the bourgeois democracy and the welfare state while rejecting neoliberalism. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is what the Republican Party is. They're the ones that are advocating for moderate liberal policies in the economy and intervening as a government moderately, right? When, you know, there's some disruption in the markets, right? But their goal is to support bourgeois democracy and the welfare state while rejecting neoliberalism. That's what they're doing. This is why conservatives feel disenfranchised. Because you can't have all that. There is no balance, especially when the scale is tipped on one side with everybody else. So when the president said, I'm a conservative, I'm a centrist, it means that he's sitting in the middle with his feet on the ground with one side tipping up to the top and the other side taking the majority. That's the way he's seeing it. It's, it's, it's just so disheartening to see how they change definitions and notions. This is why our thought process is so skewed. They rely on our bad memories. They rely on overloading us with what they want us to know. And they rely on the fact that you will just take it and you're not going to change the definition overnight. You're going to allow people to change definitions for other words to make it acceptable. Thus, when the change happens, you don't see it. Kind of like using words like, whoa, that's ill. That's wicked. That's, you know, sick. <laughs> you know, you're just like, that doesn't sound nice. But actually it does. Uh, you know, you're like, whoa, those are some wicked tunes. And it's like wicked meaning evil. Evil's not a good thing. But see, this is how you change how people think. And this is why people are no longer thinking. They're they're just so confused right now. I don't know which way to go. Like, is wicked bad or is it good? Is being a Democrat about democracy or is it about communism? Or is it about socialism? Or is it about totalitarianism? I'm confused. Being a Republican means you're a Nazi. But wait a minute. Nazis are socialists. I'm confused. How does the person on the right become a Nazi when Nazis are on the left and they're socialist. It doesn't make sense. So here's how it happens. They bring in structure in the form of welfare. We've seen it. They allow ideologies and religions and practices to penetrate the society to formulate another foundation that's a little bit more sound and structured for people that may be confused that may say well i don't know how you know laura loomer's a nazi uh she's jewish and nazis are socialists and she's not a socialist well you don't know what you're talking about you're a nazi too that's the response you'll get so they cue in islam and the thing is they're weaponizing this religion why 
The religion offers structure. It offers structure to those that crave the structure. And thus, the ways of life of that are easier to control for those that want a totalitarian government. This has been done before. I've said it. All you need to do is open up real history books, not books that Michael Wolff writes, not commentaries like James Comey, not, not, you know, I'll tell my side of the story, what happened by Hillary Clinton. We're talking actual history books. Like go to the library and find a book that was printed in the 60s or the 70s, like actual books. And look at the history from 14, 1500. You know, the, did you guys know that about the, um, you know, the Spanish Inquisition? You remember what that is? Does anybody know what the Spanish Inquisition is? You've heard about it. Of course you have. You know what it was? It was asking people if they were Muslims, and if they were, they'd kick them out. Why? Because they had taken over Europe, and Christians had united to get back their countries because they were enslaved by their ideologies. You don't seem to get it. This has happened before, and I'm saying it again and again and again. History repeats itself, and it's so stupid for anyone to think especially the Democrats and, and, and the global order that thinks that, oh, we failed that time when we did it because X, Y, Z, we're going to do it better now for five, well, no, it's like, you know, 500 years later, we'll fix it because now we've got better technology. Now we've got better control and monitoring of the people. Now we can see, hear, and smell everything they do. So we'll be able to sort out anyone that wants to start a revolution and maybe bring a church in and, you know, start, you know, revolting against, you know, oppression. Think about it. Nobody, the the, the Spanish Inquisition, that is where Spain was like, are you a Muslim? You are, get out or you die, pick. Did you convert to Islam while you were here, while we were taken over by all of these, what were they calling them? Barbarians. What else did they call them? The, the Muslims. What else? The warriors. This is why you have Arabic inscriptions in freaking Scotland. People do not see that history has repeated itself. Why? Because it's easier to control people when you bring something in the form of peace and structure. When your nation is collapsing. When your economy is broken, they offer you solace. They offer you structure that you so crave and you delve into it. This is what happened to Europe 500 years ago. And 500 years ago, they started creating alliances with each other. The royal families that were isolated because of this. Royal families. Again, blue bloods started saying, all right, yeah, this is really getting out of control. Um, you know, I don't think that they're going to honor our positions. We're going to get sultans in here. They're going to kill us. We are no longer going to be ruling. We are the, the people that are in charge of these countries. We are blue bloods. We are royalty. We have been here for thousands of years, you know, or hundreds of years. We got to fix this. So that's where Spain, Denmark, Norway, um, France, the United Kingdom, Japan, you know, China, the Russians, all of them got together, the Germans, the Greeks, the Italians, and said, all right, let's all unify, and we're going to be doing it under God to fight against the Muslims because we need to remove them from our area of influence because as they influence, they collapse our foundations, and then it's just going to be, we're gone. So the blue bloods got scared and they started reaching out to leaders, leaders that were standing up against this 
And at that time, if you remember, Christopher Columbus has sailed the ocean blue. Why? Because it was a hot mess in Europe, a hot mess, a religious hot mess, right? See history. So what happened? The blue blood started talking. What are we seeing since president Trump was elected? We are seeing the blue bloods rallying up again. The blue bloods having conversation, the blue bloods coming out because they're like, wait a minute, we've seen this movie before. Do we want to rely on this guy? I mean, can he take it? Well, he's leading the biggest country in the world right now. And they've got some real power and, you know, the people under the constitutional rights, you know, and we're only rulers, but by constitution, they messed up because they want to overthrow us. They don't want us to sit here and represent eons of history. They want to remove us royals. Well, that's not going to happen. We still have the crown. Yeah, we do. So think about it. This is why the royals are rallying up behind the president. People aren't paying attention. They are rallying up. The queen got rid of May. Don't embarrass the United Kingdom. Germany. They took that last step, but <laughs> it's going to be pretty interesting. We have royalty of Africa reaching out. It's everyone for themselves now. So we have this global order that has implemented a rollout on how to subdue a mass population. So that way you can purge and control through ways that we don't even know yet of how they would monitor the population or control it, uh, in, in numbers. I guess abortion was one way they introduced to ensure, um, that they can minimize the population's growth, but also, you know, to feed something else with the abortions, uh, long, that's another topic. And also by way of, um, medical control. So, you know, now they're mandating people to be vaccinated and you have no idea what's in those vaccinations. You don't know how many sleeper, um, RNAs, uh, are hanging out to rewrite your DNA. Uh, there are retroviral DNA pieces in there. They are using fetal, uh, cells to do so, so we can, uh, act. You don't know what can activate. You don't know anything. You are simply there. You are simply a subject at the moment. Right now we are subjects. We have to abide strictly by certain imposed, uh, actions. Your child has no choice. It's kind of like FGM when they were little, the children and the families had no choice. They have to get female genital mutilation. You have to, there is no choice kind of like circumcision. There is no choice. Actually now they kind of don't give a choice to people to be not circumcised now in our nation too, right? Uh, it's supposed to be elective, but apparently they kind of highly recommend it. And if you don't, they'll call CPS to find out why you don't want your baby boy circumcised. So we are subjects and we have president Trump trying to figure out how to reverse the damage that has been done. Uh, because we are so far uh, from, geographically far, uh, from the source or from the supply of such ideologies, uh, we've been able to delay. Though, we, under Barack Hussein Obama, we saw huge imports of it coming in um, through uncontrolled migration and illegal immigration. We saw a lot of it coming in. <laughs> And there's been an escalation from the 90s up until today 
of it coming in and now being activated. And here's the thing. We're starting to see that Europe is being a little bit more straightforward with their own citizens. So as you know, on Monday, there was a, uh, on Friday, there was a bomb attack in France and the police identified, uh, the guy that killed 13 children in, um, well, there were children, uh, was Mohammed Hishem. Uh, he was from Algeria. All of them are growing very impatient. The majority of them that are the actors or the people to enforce, uh, the militants that have been trained are getting impatient and we're seeing more of this come to fruition. This indicates that the governments in France, which I did mention that Macron is a co-prince, right? You know that he's royalty, right? Probably why he married his, you know, elementary school teacher, totally groomed. That's so disgusting by the way. Anyway, they are now getting impatient and we're going to see an uptick on attacks. There was a mass stabbing where again, magical number 13 children uh, in Japan were stabbed. Do you know where that stabbing came from though? That's the thing. It was actually a, a terrorist. What was it? Um, a terrorist attack uh, in Japan. So obviously the mainstream media tried to formulate it as being an attack and pose because of Trump or whatever. But uh, apparently the man, uh, was in his thirties and, um, he worked, uh, with Japan's foreign ministry. And so two victims are dead. It's an 11 year old girl. Uh, 17 others were actually mass, uh, injured. And he was literally with two knives, just stabbing, you know, kids at the school bus, like one after another, just doing it. And it's a private Catholic school run by Canadian nuns. Um, the guy is said, now this is my sources and I don't know, is said to be, um, you know, a Muslim. So we'll see because we've seen an uptick on, what is it, third week, right? An uptick during this Ramadan. So I don't know. We'll see how that, how that pans out. There's not a lot coming out. The Japanese are just very upset uh, with this whole incident. But I wanted to point out that it's everywhere. It's not just here where we're having a problem with bombs. You know, in Europe, they have bombs and knives. And obviously, it followed to Japan. Um, and again, targeting a Catholic school. Children. Like, nobody cares about age anymore. Has nothing to do with that. All they want is their justice. That's all. Their justice, which is we are right, you are wrong, and that's the way it goes. On that note, <coughs> pardon me, I wanted to say that um, this uh, racist type uh, behavior that we're seeing, uh, not only coming from the religion of peace that, you know, says everybody else sucks except for us and we're righteous and everybody else isn't, is, you know, Americans themselves. Like I said earlier, I was shocked to see a an interview uh, with Swalwell and um, Vice. I want to play this before we break because it's it's pretty alarming. 
listen to this 22 seconds why should another white guy be president well a white guy who doesn't see other identities or understand other experiences should not be president i do uh, and you know where there would be gaps in my knowledge or my experience i will pass the mic to people uh, you know who do have that experience i've i've also pledged that i would ask a woman to serve uh, as vice what is going on in today's society what makes you know another white guy what the heck like who writes these questions that is so racist so now they're saying if you're a white male you can't run for president are you kidding so what we need the only reason you a white male can run is if they're gay like mayor pete right because every time i see mayor pete i want to envision his sexual escapades with his husband next to him i'm just saying like nobody cares who you sleep with i don't care what color your skin is why is that what mandates if you go oh and not only that sex determines it so you know they'd be happy if someone was asexual right non-binary to run these people are confused on sex they're confused on identity but they'd be perfect to run for president because they identify as nothing this is the reality that they are shaping for our future a reality that is macabre a reality that is horrific and that has no footing it's irrational it makes no sense and again this is evident from just the political spectrum there is none everything is to the left and anything outside the left is conservative and it's been disenfranchised it no longer sits on the seesaw there is no alt-right there is no right there is nothing but left everything falls into that side This is how they do it. This is how they permeate our thoughts and how we see things by disenfranchising you. This is incredible. I can't even believe this is put on there. This shouldn't even be on there. This is racism. This is racism. And now they're going to tell you, well, it can't be racism because it's about white people and it's about males. And it's like, geez, where are we? Now, after the break, we're going to talk about the wall. We're going to talk about Japan. We're going to talk about bar and what's to come this week i'll see you all in just a bit after this break Welcome to Red State Talk Radio.
You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. And so in the second hour, I wanted to talk about a few things. And I thought I would just start with um, our domestic issues. Uh, You know, no, actually. Let's start with the European issues, okay? So I'm not going to delve into really deep into what's going on in the EU yet. I'm still analyzing because there's a lot coming over uh, there. The dust settles a little bit later. Uh, things are a little bit delayed to come out uh, because the way they their media works is not impulsive and it's not prescripted, especially when it's not going their way. Now, I wanted to just look at Germany for a second. So Germany, as you know, has had Angela Merkel, Chancellor Merkel, Hitler's spawn Merkel, as the leader of the CDU party. Now, CDU stands for Christian Democratic Union. Super not not depictive of what it says it is. But um, she's been leading it for 18 years, and her and the person that took the baton from her is called uh, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, so AKK, right? And she took over as the leader of that party in December. Uh, she's the leader of the party, while Angela Merkel still maintains as chancellor. Now, uh, Merkel has decided that you know, she's not doing a very good job. So the chancellor has become very determined to stay in power until her term ends, at least in 2021. Now, AKK, who took over uh, the CDU for Merkel, so, I I mean, maybe we can call her Cramp. (laughs) So Cramp took over the party and... Ever since then, she's been getting attacked. Now, Merkel has been trying to guide her. Merkel has been siding with her. But now, um, AKK is realizing that what Merkel has been pushing is not the right thing to do. So what she did was she tried to, you know, get the party to accelerate Merkel's exit. And basically, she was in charge of the defeat Uh, they had, the leftists had in Germany uh, in the national election. So this leaves them that are in charge of Germany right now uh, in disarray. They're meeting on the 2nd and 3rd of June to go over the losses and mitigate and figure out how they're going to move forward. So so Cramp, right, she had... um, she had a session with the party without uh, telling Merkel. Uh, and this is to push Merkel to step aside and let her move in. And she's actually alienated Merkel. And Merkel is not even trying to help her, you know, for her party. 
She's looking to find a way to stay in power. You know, that's what she's doing. But this fractionization that they have within themselves are allowing Mertz, Friedrich Mertz, who's a conservative, far from anywhere being a Nazi, a complete conservative, uh, to kind of penetrate uh, the party. Now, they're also labeling this guy, Armin Lachette, as a liberal. Dude, this guy is not a libertarian. He's not. He's just like the CDU. Only thing is, he calls himself liberal and doesn't put the Christian word in it. And please, let's all remember that all these people that are part of the CDU are anything but Christian. Okay? Let's remember that. Now, uh, Cramp, her approval rating has dropped completely. Uh, they were really, really angry at her and the leftists attacked her because she made like a, you know, uh, a stereotypical joke about a transsexual at a local festival. And so they kind of, you know, said, that's all your fault. This is why the party's collapsing cramp because you made a stereotypical, you know, joke. It's so racist. (laughs) So anyway, but it's not racist to tell everyone in Germany, don't wear your yarmulkes, Jews, because then we can't help you when the Muslims kill you, right? That's okay. But making a stereotypical joke about someone, and it's totally fine. You know, if someone makes a joke about me, you know, Greeks are hairy, I'm, I'm game. I'm okay. You know, if someone says the end train, New York smells like rice, it's totally true. I mean, I'm just saying, it's, it's a joke. Why can't we pick at each other's flaws and pick at, pick at each other's, you know, nuances? That's, that's, what, that's where humor comes from. Being able to find something funny about... I'm sorry. I'm thinking about all these stereotypes and I just, I'm just going to keep them to myself. Okay. So, um, what people need to understand is, is that the European elections are, are, are showing the same thing that happened here in 2016. There's a wave of resentment coming across from the actual people of Europe, of these former sovereign nations, wishing that they had their sovereignty back jealous of Italy and their position. And so this is the Trump effect. This is something that I talked about when Trump was running for president, that it's going to be across the globe. We see it everywhere. People are seeking to get power back. It's all about the people running their countries. You know, my favorite saying, and you can quote me on this, is that we are in a world filled with politicians but no citizens. And keep in mind that the word politician has been redefined. A politician means active citizen. None of the people that are elected in office right now are active citizens. They are simply politicians, which summates to swamp creatures, just so that we understand um, where we're at. Now, speaking of definitions, over the break, I saw a tweet and I retweeted it. And I want to read it out to you guys because it was so perfectly put. So uh, the handle that tweeted it out is at C underscore three, C underscore three. He says, Michael Wolf is to authors as to what Michael Avenatti is to lawyers, to what Richard Blumenthal is to war heroes, what Beto O'Rourke is to Hispanics, what Elizabeth Warren is to Native Americans, and what Al Sharpton is to ministers. I mean, we could really go on all day with these crooks. He's right. That's the way it is. 
we can go on and on. They've redefined what these job positions are. They've redefined what reality is. And speaking of reality, I want to play for you uh, a clip of Rashida Tadlib, um, who was on Meet the Press, who said that they're moving hard to impeach Trump. And we'll discuss this. Um, which will lead us into the conversation about the wall, too. I want you to take a listen to what she says. It's like five minutes, but it's really interesting because the way she put it through uh, was so alarming to me. All right, joining me now is Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, taking the other side of this Before we continue, I just wanted to say, She's going to put it to, to you. I want you to listen to her words carefully. And remember, she was elected in a district in Michigan that she didn't even live in. She didn't even live in the district, and she's sitting in the House. But take a listen. Conversation, Congresswoman Tlaib. Welcome to Meet the Press. Thank you. Uh, you. You are easily, I think, one of the louder voices when it comes to impeachment. I'm curious of your reaction to Congressman Jeffries in this respect. Do you believe that leadership is being methodical or do you believe that leadership is trying to buy enough time where they say we're too close to the presidential election in order to take it off the table quietly? Well, I can tell you as one of the newest members of Congress, the traditional congressional oversight process isn't working. Uh, From subpoenas and trying to figure out what's going on with children being caged at the border, still waiting for a response from this administration, from even my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, when we're asking for uh, Big Pharma to come before our oversight committee to testify about high cost of insulin, and they're telling them, you don't have to come before the committee. A lot of the corruption that you see through the Oval Office is already seeping into the Congress, uh, to the halls of Congress. I can tell you from day one, this president has misled Congress, has undermined his own uh, cabinet members, and has lied to the American people. I have to tell you, this is a pretty remarkable time in our country. And if you mm-hmm. saw the largest class, incoming class before our class, was the Watergate class. And at that time, even though many people say that okay. we didn't campaign on this, look at the fact that the majority, the, the, the majority of states across this country saw a huge historic turnout of people coming out to vote for the first time. And I feel like in many ways that's a referendum to stand up to a bully, to a president that right. subver- subverts the United States Constitution every single day. I want to play for you uh, a quote from an interview I had earlier this week from a, uh, an Ohio Democratic activist who is a bit frustrated with all of the subpoena on Capitol Hill. Take a listen, and I want to get your reaction on the other side. They don't give a rat's you-know-what about his taxes, and they don't really care. I'm not saying that Congress should not walk gum, um, chew gum and walk at the same time, but the volume on issues, kitchen table issues, needs to be louder because I want to win this election. I don't want to lose. You hear, he, he look, I, I have no doubt, and I, Con- Congressman Jeffries ran down, I know you guys have passed other legislation and you do other stuff other than talking about the president's personal conduct. Okay, stop. Why doesn't he tell us what other legislation they've done except for trying to dig into the president taxes that is none of their business before he was president, the fact that they're looking for something because they haven't really done anything, but he's saying that they have. So here's a point where good journalists would be like, hey, yo, why don't you like point out what they've done? But he didn't. But take a listen to how she responds. 
But his point was, it's the volume of conversation. It's the loud voice that he believes win the election in 2020 and stop worrying about his tax returns. What do you say to Mr. Beatrice about that? Look, this is not about the 2020 election. It's about doing what's right now for our country. This is going to be a precedent that we set when we don't hold this president accountable to the rule of law and to the United States Constitution. Just look at the fact that currently over uh, a number of abuses of power, but the public's trust is at stake. And we can't sit back idly and think that we can just pass health care reform and all of these issues which are critically important. But at the same time, you have an administration that's not providing the information, not following through on subpoenas. It goes hand in hand. And I think we need to stop separating the fact that we're trying to change people's lives for the better, but we have an administration that continues to buy Okay, did you hear what she said? Made absolutely no sense. Yes, you know, I understand what he says, but what we need to do is what right now, not win the election. It's because they're not going to win the elections. Because if President Trump actually gets done, and he, you know, they were like, he won't declassify. He declassifies. Why are you declassifying? He doesn't want him declassified. What they want is they just want to get rid of him because of public trust, and that's correct. The problem is public trust. Public trust. And the only way we're going to get it back is by making them walk. And the only way we're going to get it back is by taking back our country and removing the cancer of these people. You know, all these people walked in there with regular checking accounts with like a couple thousand dollars maybe sitting in them. And now they're billionaires. They're multimillionaires, if not billionaires. Yet they're the ones that are telling us, well, we can't pass these laws because he won't respond to subpoenas. The subpoenas have nothing to do with the laws. But look how she contradicts herself. Yeah, we want to do this, but he's not answering the subpoenas. But it has nothing to do with the legislation. Listen. Violate the United States Constitution. Did you know, Chuck? I mean, he has not complied with the United States Constitution when he took the oath of office by divesting in his businesses. Mm-hmm. So we have an upgraded version of pay to play. So when I'm at the on the ground right now in my district fighting against the T-Mobile and Sprint merger, T-Mobile is turning around spending $195,000 at the Trump Hotel in D.C. As, as again, an upgraded version of pay to play to get access to the most powerful uh, corridor to power in our yeah. country. The president's office and so for me to fight back against wait a minute so t-mobile has their executives staying at the trump hotel which is one of the best freaking hotels there are and they're trying to buy their way into the trump administration does she know that john Legere can't stand the president does she know just how insanely liberal he is like what she's saying makes absolutely zero sense So I guess me renting a room at the Trump International means that I'm trying to get the president to do favors for me. Like, this is where they're at. They're making absolutely no sense. And it's important that when you listen to them talk, you pause it, you think about it, and then you reiterate it and understand what they're telling you. This is exactly what she just said. Sprint and T-Mobile, they're going to merge. And this is terrible because T-Mobile is spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars at hotels in D.C. Um, That's because they're in court trying to get the merger so they're not considered a monopoly. You know, the kind of thing like AT&T did with DirecTV. And they are a monopoly. This is why Dish can't have HBO anymore. But okay. Listen to what else she says. Big Pharma, for many of my colleagues that came there to pass really important reforms that are needed, we can't do it when the President of the United States 
continues to lie to the American people, why? continue to not follow through Con- on subpoenas and give us the information that we need. Why do you think you... Did you hear that? So we want to pass all this law in pharma, but we can't because the president is constantly lying and he's not answering subpoenas. What do the subpoenas have to do with your legislation? He doesn't have to do anything with your legislation. You guys sit down, you put it together, the legal counsel puts the verbiage, you guys decide if it's good, and then you vote to pass it. The president is not even involved in that. The only time the president is involved when you kick it to the Senate and then it comes to his table to be signed is law. So other than that, I don't see how the subpoenas are affecting them to actually sit down and do their job because the subpoenas shouldn't be their priority. Their priority should be doing their job. You can't convince a majority of of House Democrats that it's time to impeach him. No, I think it is moving towards that. It's going to demand it. It already is. This is a time in our country right now that we can't look. I mean, think about what just happened recently. The first time historically did we exercise our war powers and said no more armed deals, no more kind of interaction in helping the Yemeni humanitarian crisis through our relationship with Saudi Arabia. And he turned around. Okay, let me explain to you again. Let me just give you the skinny on the Yemeni crisis. The Yemeni crisis is is that Oman and Yemen have a pipeline going that is being paid for by the European Union and paid for or sponsored by Barack Hussein Obama. So that whole pipeline is to be able to siphon oil to then move it over to Iran to then go to Europe. So they own it. So now the Saudi Arabians are telling me you can't do that because we share pockets of oil and we're supposed to be working together and splitting it. And in this sense, if you're pumping it out with the pipeline, we can't control it. And you guys are siphoning the oil that's both ours and we need to fucking work on this. Excuse my French. So this is exactly what's going on. They need to work on this. They need to sit down at the table. They're talking. It's not a humanitarian crisis. You're making it a crisis because you're causing the crisis. These two people share a pocket of oil a huge pocket of oil bordering and they have always had an agreement but now step in with these pipelines they're causing the crisis saudi arabia is there for their interests and the yemeni rebels are for their interests because they know that they will not own the oil and that they're all selling it at a very high discount for the fact that they took all this money for the pipeline that is being made this is exactly what's going on there let's explain it properly and pretty much ignored uh the congress's decision a bipartisan decision understand again it goes hand in hand i think the american people understand that that we can't do our job if the president thinks he's above the law thinks that he cannot they can't do their job and legislate because he won't help them do phony investigations and perpetuate the russia collusion theory That makes absolutely no sense. Abide by what the United States Congress is passing through and asking and demanding of him. I got to tell you, from the wall to the children at the border, to immigration reform, to everything, we can't be able to do our jobs if we don't hold him accountable. I'm curious, uh, a fellow Michigander, Justin Amash, became the first Republican essentially to um, call or at least believe that it is time to have an impeachment inquiry. I know on Twitter you invited him to... uh, meet with you and, and sign your resolution on that. Did you meet with him? Have you spoken with him? And, and if you have, what did he say? 
No, I haven't. But I got to tell you, I've worked with him in the Michigan legislature for a term, and he is somebody that truly believes the Constitution is brilliant. It's awesome. He's all about putting country first. I've known that about him for a very long time. He actually is one of the few that supported subpoenas towards the Trump administration about at least understanding what's going on at the border with children being separated from their family. Uh, he's one of the more courageous people that really does believe in the institution and believes in the rule of okay. law. And I respect that very much and I continue to uplift. Uh- so Amash from Michigan uh, was going to hook up with Tlaib to talk about an inquiry. Now think about it. What can they impeach him on? Could they impeach him on lowering taxes? Could they impeach him? He didn't commit any crimes. There are no crimes. So ergo, they can't impeach him. But we are going to be impeaching Obama. Now, Constitution, talk about the Constitution where they want to rewrite it and eliminate the Second Amendment. Makes absolute no sense. And she keeps pushing children separated at the border. 38% of them are not even related to the people they're with. This is why they're separated. They're tested. These are abused children. How dare she? But speaking of the wall, I'm really proud of Tommy Fisher. See, we've been having a problem with, uh, you know, the government's U.S. Army Corps engineers, okay? Because politics plays there too. I've known it from my investigations and my complaints uh, throughout the past four years for my state, how they took over six and a half years to complete a survey on the Mouse River so that the city can ask for aid, this is politics, and they are not very thrifty either. So here's where an idea I had months ago, obviously, was taken to fruition by Steve Bannon. The idea was that we need to show the president of the United States, we need to demonstrate to Congress, we need to demonstrate to the Senate, and we need to demonstrate to the people just how fast the wall can go up using Tommy Fisher, which can do it faster and under budget. But obviously the president can't pick a private company because then it's like, oh, you just want them because they're privatized and you want to do it. So what did we have this weekend? Friday, a border was built. A border stretch was built about a mile long from Friday and finished on Sunday. Guys, this wall is beautiful, and Tommy Fisher from North Dakota got it done. And it was done in an area where people said they couldn't get it done because of the terrain and because there were mountains. Not only did he put it in there, but he put it in there solid, and it looks awesome and beautiful. That is proof of concept, and that was done privately funded by the people because it's for the people, isn't it? It's for us. We're the ones that want this wall. We want to be protected. And where they put the wall is where they have the most drug running. The most drug running runs through there. They have paths, you know, that go through there. They have paths where you can actually see the wear on the roads that they've forged walking back and forth. This is incredible. The wall is incredible and it was built and it was three days they did it on harsh terrain and it has been put up. So this is proof of concept. This is like, you know, we the people can fund it ourselves. 
If the House doesn't want to work with us and get a wall up to protect our nation and protect our borders, then we'll do it ourselves. We don't need to wait for them because obviously, as Sidlib said, they can't do their jobs because the president isn't answering subpoenas. Like, what? That's like saying, uh, well, you know, because no one is answering my phone call at, I don't know, Dish Network, I can't use my phone and make phone calls because both of those are related somehow. Has no sense, totally disconnected, makes absolute zero sense. But the bottom line is the people are taking control and the wall is just one indication. We have taken control back of our country. We're saying it, you won't do it, we will do it. Hats off to Tommy Fisher. Hats off to Steve Bannon for running with that. Because proof of concept is the best elevator pitch. That wall indicates, look at us. We started on Friday, we finished it on Sunday, and we've got wall where the U.S. Army Corps engineer said, we can't put a wall, and they put it. That is even better. What we need are active citizens. What we need are real politicians. That is what we need. That is exactly what we need. And the 2020 elections will do just that. And they are helping us because all they're doing is going all in on impeachment and they have nothing. You know, it would be actually better if we discussed the inquiry into Barack Hussein Obama's impeachment. But, you know, that can backfire because it could seem like I'm going after my enemies. He's not the president's enemy. He was always our enemy. He is the enemy of freedom. He was the enemy of freedom, and he tried really hard to take it away and failed, and we won. Because the people, like I said, the spirit, free will, cannot be controlled that easy. No matter how many definitions they change. I'll see you all in a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, guys, to the last half hour. So here's where I want to just give a little insight on what's happening. So obviously the president is on his way back, could have could be landing any time now. Um, it is important for us to understand that everything that is going on, the war that they have waged against us, average people, our children and future generations to come, by manipulating definitions, ideologies, implanting ideas, and overloading us with information in order to drown out the factual information is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that many people have no idea happens. Many people would consider it something out of a sci-fi film or a horror film, but it does. And what we need to understand is that we have a man right now who last week took the plunge and said, you know what, declassify it and set the world on fire because there are so many implicated. You have to remember, these are institutions within our nation that have been afforded trust. Trust by the people to operate for the people. If we revisit history, we'll realize that the biggest violation of civil rights, of privacy, and of freedom was the formation of the Central Intelligence Agency, centralizing both the law enforcement prosecutorial arm of the Justice Department and FBI and centralizing and pooling information from the National Security Agency, which in fact uh, entails at least 17 known groups. And also pooling information from our military. Though, we must be very important to understand that military intelligence is not a branch that shares much. It is a branch that can be relied on as they take an oath 
It is a branch that is separate, and it will be that branch that will try each and every one of the treasonous persons federally employed or elected acting as enemies of our state. Again, it will be the military who will try them. They will not go in front of a judge like Ellis. They will not go in front of a judge in the Ninth Circuit Court. They will be tried under the UC- CMJ. They will be tried as enemies of our country. Because what they did, the collusion with our supposed allies to usurp our democratic process, to take away our right to vote, to remove a sitting president, to annul our elections, to imprison people for political thought, to instigate investigations across the nation against people that stood against them as political opposition. They will all be tried by military court. These tribunals are happening and they're going to happen this fall. It's imperative that the majority of the people on the House, you know what? I think I saw Sarah Carter talking about this, and I've been saying this, and it's important that we do it. Because I kind of did a little bit of a dive. But if every single actual patriotic journalist out there picked one member of Congress or one member of Senate and did a deep dive into them, I mean, after all, they want the tax returns of the president before he was president. I'm saying let's get their tax returns while they were serving. While they were serving in the House. While they were serving in the Senate. And let's pull out how these people had become insanely rich. Let's find the real crimes. Because if they want to probe our president, they should be open to being probed. I already started with Pelosi. Pelosi's in a lot of trouble. Remember the article I wrote about her? We're talking about her pushing. She did so much wrong back in the day, just over a decade ago, that they created the STOP Act. She is insanely rich and owns almost everything. Her husband, her son. Why is no one looking at this? How is she being paid? What favors is she doing? Or what industry is she dabbling in that makes her so appalled that children are being separated from their parents? Beto O'Rourke and train lines going through his undeveloped property that lines the El Paso border. Why are they so upset? I mean, they're upset. They want to see the president's tax returns from before he was president. Well, why can't we see yours while you've been serving, which is our right since we employ you? It's not private if we employ you. Kind of like your emails, not private because we employ you. I employ you. 
I have the right to see your records. You get paid by tax dollars, I get the right to see your emails. You get paid by tax dollars, I get to see your call records. You get paid by tax dollars, I get to see your texts. Nothing is private, just like in every company. If you go work for a private company, you get a company cell phone, computer, whatever, they can monitor everything you do because you work for them and it's their property. The same goes for us. So a task for everyone out there is to investigate the people that you have in office. See how they became so rich. Look at Ocasio-Cortez. She couldn't afford rent, but now she's got all this stuff. Netflix money coming in. I'm sure she's going to write a book, even though she can't formulate one coherent sentence spelled correctly or said. A woman that had never seen a garbage disposal in her life and that... Her weather, I don't even want to go into it. I'm not saying that you have to be of a certain academic level to serve. You can have a GED for all I care. The bottom line is that you have to have imperative qualities to serve the people of your city, your state, or your country. And that's one, have morals. Two, common sense. And three, that the people come first. Not your friend that wants to contract to build that road. Not your cousin, not your cousin's cousins that need a liquor license because they want to open up a bar so it's not going to be a fair lottery to see who gets it. Not the private prison that wants the contract to build more shelters you have to have the people first. And at this point, our president is so frustrated that people can't see it. Not because they're stupid. Because even people that I have conversations with and I elaborate, you know, and fall and get into more details on certain sections of conversation fail to see things sometimes. And I fail to see some things sometimes because we are over congested with garbage it's called junk for the brain you know i i was um talking with my daughter who is now in basic combat training and so before she left she gave me her address and said you know we're being picked up tomorrow i can't wait i'm really excited she's like so excited and she was like well what was it for you and i was like you know what i don't remember much all i remember is marching exercising and eating um, and wanting to sleep, but obviously that was Navy, not, not army. We didn't have a forge, but then I thought to myself, I, I, I was, I was driving, uh, somewhere and I was in thought and I thought, why can't I remember more details? Cause it's junk for the brain. There's not enough room. So this is how it works when we're bombarded with different information that isn't pertinent or factual at a constant rate. It literally is junk for the brain and takes up real estate in your thoughts, in your memory. And then that real estate alters the factual ones. You know, it kind of works together. It's like when people smell something and it reminds them, I don't know, you smell lavender and you're like, oh, I remember that time I was in Morocco sitting on this cushion. It was made of leather and it was like orange. And you're like, how did I make that connection from smelling the lavender plant? Not just lavender, just that specific one. It's because... 
your brain, all information that you intake makes connections. We don't understand these connections. So this garbage they're constantly feeding us, like Rashida Tlaib, where you heard her, feeding, 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 feeding. She planted garbage saying, we believe in the Constitution. That's stuck there now for me. So every time I think of her, I'm like, she said that they believe in the Constitution, that it's beautiful and it's amazing and whatever, when we know that's not fact because they're fighting the Constitution. But it's now in my memory. I've heard it. It's there. And it will come up again. Possibly when I see that bill coming in from Hawaii again being discussed, how we need to remove the Second Amendment, I'll be like, well, that's not really saying that the Constitution is beautiful, but we need to make it a little bit more beautiful 2019. You know, just beef it up, like take it out. (laughs) Beef it up. So this is how your thoughts are being formulated, which is important for us to understand. Because going forward now, with this whole process of D-class that you haven't heard anything about recently, right? With the whole, we're launching the re-election campaign and we haven't heard anything about Pence. All of this is going to make sense if you understand just how you are being attacked, how your thoughts are being attacked, how your thoughts are being shaped and formulated. Because keep in mind, the Democrats have two options right now. The one option is to be like, you know what? He won fair and square. It was a rigged election and he still won. Obama really screwed this up. We're just going to move on. Because out of, let's pretend, 100 people in the House, only 25 of them committed crimes and colluded and acted with it. The other 75 just went along with it because that's what the party says to do. And if you don't, then you're going to have a rough time. It's like high school. You're either with us or you're not. And these people are old guard. They don't take kindly to it. Your cat might end up poisoned somewhere. So that is one option they could do. The 75 that are clean, the freshmen that are clean could say, you know what? No, man, I ain't doing this anymore. I'm out. I'm not on this impeachment train because there's nothing to impeach, dude. If we want him out, if we don't like him, then we need to work with him and point out how working with him is not working out. And that's how you remove him. You don't just say, well, we just know he won't work with us. That's why we're not working at all because that's basically what they're telling us. So that's the one option, that the 75% of the Democrats that have their hands clean right now can turn on the old guard and say, you know what, I- I'm stepping away. I'm just, I'm going to do my job because my voters want me to do that job and I want to keep my job and stay in office. So you go do you, boo-boo. Or they could do exactly what they're doing now, which is, Full speed ahead. We got to get impeachment. We got to get narratives. We got to get tax returns. We got to embarrass him. We got to do this. He's destroying everything. The United Kingdom is after us. The Chinese are really breathing down our throat. We need to get Biden elected. He will take the torch. We should have pushed him rather than Hillary. Oh my gosh. Bernie Sanders is going to die. This is happening here. You know, all of this stuff is going on. And I'm telling you, this is what they're discussing. These are all the things. You know, if he does this, we are all going to jail. And you know what? That's the thing. It would have been better for the corrupt Democrats that have some insurance policies on their head or a freshman and just hate America to just do the first option and say, you know what? I'm going to do me, you do you, and go after Trump because I'm not going to be part of the military tribunal. Right now, the whole party is jumping in 
stepping in and saying, we're going to go after them. We're going to, what happens when they're arrested? What happens when their crimes rise to the surface? I don't care how many channels you have. If they're purple, if we had Roger Stone surrounded by cops, you better believe that when they come down for those employees of CNN, that member of the house, when they go to Adam Schiff, you better have amphibians. You, I don't even care if there isn't any water. You put a pool out there because I want to see them crawling out of the water going to get Adam. Because they did that to Roger Stone, who wasn't a threat, yet they are a threat. Because they have leaders from around the world on speed dial on their phone. They've got bodyguards that they're paying with our tax money. I want you to expose them. That is the only way you reinstate trust and you take down all the corrupt, you know, minions that follow along too. I would like to see how Omar, Rashida, and Ocasio say, well, I just can't believe Adam Schiff was arrested. And this is just like another thing of how President Trump does this. Oh my gosh, can't believe Pelosi was arrested. Oh my God, this is President Trump doing this again. I mean, how many times are going to sing that song before it's like, well, you know, it looked like it's an epidemic. You're not going to swing it like he's jailing his opponents when they committed crimes. And you know how he's going to expose they committed crimes? Just like the way I was poking at with Pelosi. Look at all these container cups. I wonder what's in the containers that Pelosi has. Whoa. I wonder if these maid companies that they all have, have maids or are they like prostitution rings with kids? Those are the things we're going to be exposing. The fact that she has 20 houses. How'd you make that money? Well, you know, someone gave me a gift, a stock, you know, kind of like John Hoven got gifted stock from Facebook. This is how it happens. They get bought. You don't just give a gift to a politician and expect nothing in return. I mean, I felt weird sending Kevin Kramer a pen. And I love Kevin Kramer, my senator. I totally love him. And sending him a pen was like, oh, will it be misconstrued? But it's just a pen. Anything can be misconstrued. You know, you're like, happy birthday. Here you go. Something that you would have done even if they're not senator can be misconstrued. How's it going to be mis? How can you not misconstrue? Hey, here's some Facebook stock on me from Mark Zuckerberg. How do you not misconstrue? Hey, by the way, there's an oil patch right there. You know what? You can have it. Just I'll give you land and you'll take the mineral rights too. No problem. Next thing you know, this guy's getting boats. He's, you know, he got that. So suddenly his, you know, hey, you're getting it out of steel for me, Senator. Suddenly that guy has... Licenses for businesses can be approved for loans, even though not. His farm has expanded. His kid gets into the best school. He suddenly, his kid even gets scholarships with 2.0 GPAs. These are the problems that need to manifest. Aside from the fact that they're violating your rights, your minds are so poisoned right now, you can't see straight. You cannot see just how corrupt it is because you're so poisoned. So we're going to break it down to you on a more pedestrian level to stuff you can relate to. Hey, you know that senator? That senator got this property dirt cheap, paid only $50,000 and it had bam oil pockets. But the reason he got it from this guy cheap, you know what happened to that guy that gave it to him cheap? Well, that guy got all the business licenses for this city and this city. His son left and went to this university on a free ride scholarship, even though that kid can't even, you know, 
do anything. He's got a 1.7 GPA and he's out there with a scholarship. He's getting loans for his farms that he can't have because he's got like 20 bankruptcies behind him, but suddenly he gets approved. It had nothing to do with that purchase of land, of course. You see what I'm trying to say? These are what are going to be exposed on a more pedestrian level. Now, Comey, Clapper, Lynch, Yates, Straw, not Peter Strzok, Mark Straw, Rhodes, Clintons, Obama, we can go on and on. Those will be through military tribunal, and unfortunately, we will not be able to be in the hearing. But word on the street has it that one of those people on the panel are Jeff Sessions. That's what the word on the street is, that Jeff Sessions may be one of the people that oversee these tribunals, like where they discuss things before it goes through. And the tribunals don't have juries and stuff. It's like, this is the law. This is what you did. Okay, jail. One-way ticket to Gitmo. The other, the other things is what we're going to see. The other things. The little things are what are going to manifest for us to get the house back. We're going to be putting that out. We're going to be indicating and pointing out to the people what they have done that they can understand, that they can be furious with. You saw how furious they were with Aunt Becky because her kids went to college and she paid off, and Huffman. Well, how furious will they be when they see that Pelosi, when she took office, took office with no businesses, no portfolios, and now is worth close to $200 million. How do you make money being a public servant? These are questions people want answered. How did Maxine Waters from the projects end up having so much money? What did she do for that money? Are you going to tell me that $100,000 a year, which by the way, to keep up with appearance, to keep up two households, will be dwindled apart. This is why their salaries are high. Because think, you're paying rent or purchasing a property in D.C. and you've got one back home for your home state. You've also got flights. Okay, some of them are expensed. I'll bite that, right? They're expensed. But you got to wear nice clothes. You can't go to Walmart and go shopping and just end up there with sweatpants and flip-flops. You got to get dressed. So where did they get all this money from? Those are the questions that anybody on any spectrum, and the majority of them are sitting on the left anyway, but with any intellect no matter what your IQ is, you can identify with that and say, well, I don't see how you did that. Those are the things that need to be exposed slowly. Like creating little short films of, this is a life of Maxine Waters. Here's where she starts. Here's where she is. Let's see how she got there. How did she get there? Those questions being posed will provide exactly the transparency we need. That's how we take a look at it. That's how we deal with it. You want to pull and, and, and conduct a full colonoscopy on a man that is wealthy on his own and didn't need to be president of the country to enrich himself. But on the other hand, you needed the country to enrich yourself. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And that will help us open the eyes of those that have been mesmerized and have so much junk in their brain that they can't seem to make sense of what's really going on. Okay. They can't.
because it's so muddled. And what they say is fueled with emotion. And that emotion is hate. You know, seeing people that are going to different places to watch protests, right? For abortion. That's, that's pretty crazy. Have you seen the way they respond? They're angry. They're foaming at the mouth. They're getting so upset. They get so upset and they're irrational. They make absolutely no sense. They don't listen to arguments. They don't debate. They just scream and screech. Fascists and Nazis, Nazis that are on the left. They're on the left. They, you know, um, McGinnis, not a Nazi. Yiannopoulos, not a Nazi. Loomer, not a Nazi. Antifa, Nazis. Obviously, their target aren't the people of color. Their target are the white people, whatever that means. So they do the same thing. They don't want to hear it. If you're heterosexual, you're evil. If you're a white male, you're really evil. But if you're a white male that's pretending to be a woman and you win in a sport, in a women's sport, and take the title, you're a god. See, I was watching the news over the weekend. Sports now. Four different titles in women's sports are held by white men that are now women. But that's okay. Because they were white men, but they're identifying as women, so that's okay. So if you say anything... But you're straight, white, male, female, conservative, Christian. You're evil. And if you're anything that falls outside of that, but keeps to the narrative of, you know, we're just Americans. We like Americanas. We like hot dogs, hamburgers, baseball games, chew, spitting, Cracker Jacks. We love our military. We like freedom. And we like to hunt. We like to go to gun ranges. Uh, you know, you're racist, you are a bigot and they foam at the mouth and they can't substantiate any of those terms or any of those allegations, but that's the way it is. Those are the people we need to target. And how do you target them by speaking their language, by saying, Hey, you're working hard. You got a degree in gender studies, but can't get a job. But look at Pelosi. She's working for the Senate. She doesn't have to do anything. People just gift her stock property and they just pay her hundreds of thousands of dollars just to appear somewhere. How does that make you feel? Do you think she's doing them favors or is she just doing that, you know, oh yeah, he gave me a gift doesn't mean I'm doing a favor. By the way, she got a gift from him and, you know, he got this. That is who we need to target. When your conversations happen and the conversations that are going to be happening leading up to 2020, it's those people you need to relate to. And unfortunately, we have to take pedestrian arguments and not talk about government issues, but talk about issues that identify with each and every person on any socioeconomic level. That's how you win. Well, tomorrow we should be having news coming up on the D-Class. I'll see you all then. From all of us here at Red State, God bless.